On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Well, we went from having no agenda to a full agenda in about two hours or so. Welcome into Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio, your host for the next hour or so here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Thanks for joining us this evening. And there's some news to talk about. You know, a week ago we were taped. This week we're live, so you can join us, 855-616-1620. Again, that's 855-616-1620. You can text us, and you can call in. We'd love to have you on the show here. It's Old National Bank's talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. One more time, 855-616-1620. So here's what we're going to go over today in these six segments. What actually went down today? The trades, breaking it down, the signings, a little bit of what we learned today about the Brewers roster construction. Then we're going to talk about pitching. I mean, it's always talking about pitching with the Brewers, but we're going to talk about the rotation, the bullpen, what we need to learn in spring training, which is less than two months away. Uh, We're also going to talk the payroll, the budget, free agent targets, what's happening with baseball, why isn't there much movement in the free agency world. We're also going to open up a crystal ball. I'm going to fast forward to 2026 coming up later on in the show, looking ahead at you know at some of the things that people are talking about with trading and looking for the future and always looking for the future and things of that nature. I'm also going to tease what is dropping tomorrow on WTMJ.com, the Brewers Holiday Quiz. I hope I can make this an annual thing. If you're not familiar with Tyler Kepner's work, on the New York Times annual holiday baseball quiz. It's so much fun. You can go play old versions. Now, some of the information might become outdated, but the annual quiz drops this week, the week of Christmas, and it's just fun. Like My dad and I, whenever it drops, we're sitting across from each other seeing who gets a higher score. Last year, I beat my dad for the first time ever, so I was very fired up about that. Uh, This is meant to be something for bragging rights, but I'll get to that a little bit later on the show. Then we'll say goodbye, talk about baseball as a whole, whatever time we have left. So let's get things going. What actually happened today? What's going on? Who's the catcher? Why is Tyrone Taylor gone? Okay, Eric Haas. If you haven't heard of him, he's a veteran. He's played for Cleveland and he's played for Detroit. Eric Haas signed a one-year deal. I never saw the value of money out there anywhere. I've looked everywhere. I haven't seen the number figure yet. A one-year deal. But the big thing to know about Haas, he was actually outrighted by Cleveland off of their 40-man roster. So he is still technically arbitration eligible, which means he's got an extra two years of control. Yes, it's the language of the deal is a one-year deal, but he's in arbitration. So if the Brewers need him to stay in the organization, they could keep him longer if they so choose. A lot of folks on social media were reacting to the numbers and to the stats of his season last year as a backup splitting between Detroit and Cleveland. Last year in 89 games, he only hit 201, a 246 on base, and a 284 slugging. That's for a whopping 530 OPS. I understand your fear and like, what the heck? This guy was the worst player in baseball by F-War standards last season. Why did the Brewers want him? Well, he must be a great framer, right? He must be really good defensively, right? No, the last three seasons he has been negative in framing. Negative six, negative seven, negative four. So, Dom, you're not really selling it to me. Well, let me sell it to you right now. The Brewers needed the backup catcher, one. Two, they've got the the catcher on the way in Jefferson Caro. 
Jefferson Carroll is probably going to start the year in AAA. He's already on the 40-man roster. He was protected from the Rule 5 draft. He got hurt last season. He's had some shoulder issues on and off. He's had a concussion in 2022. He only played 90 games in AA last year as a 20-year-old, along with Jackson Churio, and he impressed. But he probably still needs a little more seasoning. But even in those 90 games, Carroll won the gold glove for catchers in minor league baseball. He is going to be a star. The bat is underrated. The receiving and the baseball IQ scouts have raved about him. Baseball America had a great write-up about Jefferson Caro. Excuse me, Jefferson Caro. The J is silent, Spanish pronunciation, Jefferson Caro. I, I really encourage you to read it. Subscribe to Baseball America. They don't want to make a commitment to a backup catcher that is, A, going to block Jefferson Caro if he's ready by the end of the season. I don't know if he will be or not. B, is somebody that's not going to break the bank and certainly fits that bill in Eric Haas. And for fun, for C, Walker McKinvin and Charlie Green have another project this spring training to turn a below-average framer into their lab, into their you know science of catching, and make him into a positive defender. The track record speaks for itself. We have seen this story before, and people are panicking like, oh my gosh, what, what? he can't even frame. Like, no, that's the point. That's why he was available. That's why they want him. They feel they can coach him to be a better receiver and hold the place until Cairo is ready. I'm fine with it. It's a backup catcher, guys. Don't overreact. And even in the game, it's not like William Contreras is going to have games off. He's going to DH in the games he's not catching. The Brewers probably hope to at least get 140, 150 games out of Contreras this year, probably 120, 130 behind the plate. Again, we're talking about a backup catcher here. He's a veteran. He can be helpful. He can keep the seat warm for Cairo. And maybe he can surprise some people. He did show some power a couple of seasons ago with Detroit. So don't write it off. It's December 20th. Backup catcher is signed. That was one of the main pieces of the offseason checklist. Check. Okay, that's a big one to check. Now the trade. Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor traded to the Mets, the first Matt Arnold and David Stearns trade. Traded to the Mets for a right-handed starting pitching prospect who is recovering from Tommy John surgery. Now, it's a lot of reaction to this one. I want to hear from you as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Yes, the Brewers are saving money doing this deal. Just shy of about $7 million, depending on how much they were going to get in arbitration. Yes, Coleman is not quite ready. Coleman Crow is his name. Coleman Crow hopefully will be pitching by the end of the calendar year, as in 2024. And recovering from Tommy John surgery. He had a great fall league in 2021, parlayed that into a really solid 2022 season, then got hurt in the middle of this season. Originally drafted by the Angels, then went over to the Mets. Uh, and here he is now, head set to be a brewer. For all the people who are saying, and, and we're going to get into this in the pitching thoughts in the next segment, but all the people saying, like, oh, you got to make sure you get something for Corbin Burns. You got to make sure you get something in return. Okay, well, you just traded two guys that have no options who, you know, Tyrone Taylor and Adrian Hauser, who were, you know, Tyrone's probably blocked out right now with Churio being signed, right? It, it, it would have been tough to make a deal in that to justify Tyrone over Churio, depending on how spring training goes. And Adrian Hauser, really on and off year injury. We saw him great in 2021, not great in 2022, and very 
2023, solid, you know, can eat innings. Some teams need that. The Mets still feel like they're in on Yamamoto, but they want to get some innings insurance just in case. This is what happens when you don't have any leverage. Okay, this is the return. People are complaining about return. He's already a top 30 prospect according to MLB Pipeline for the Brewers. He's number 25. The Brewers had no leverage in this case. Tyrone Taylor probably wasn't going to make the club. He's got no options left. They've got a plethora of outfielders ready to go, including their next star of the organization in Jackson Churio. Adrian Hauser is an interesting one in his final year of arbitration. You're saving some cash. There's some reliability concerns there, too, with the elbow and the flexor and all that that went down for him. I understand the frustration of $7 million being saved here. But, again, now you make room for Churio to make the team out of out of spring training and on the team on opening day. And you're ready to fill the holes in the pitching. With Wade Miley coming back, Robert Gasser is near, Joe Ross was signed... We're going to talk about all of that. So it makes sense to me. I know people wanted like a bigger, sexier return. But this team needs upper-level pitching right now. They don't have a lot of upper-level minor league pitching right now. Yes, they got Mizorowski. Yes, they've got Rodriguez and Gasser. But that you're seeing this trend, the Mark Canna trade, this trade, upper-level starting pitching. That's what the Brewers' priority has clearly been on the farm system these last couple of months. Let's let it play out, but wish Adrian and Tyrone nothing but the best. They were always great to me. I love chatting with them, whether it's about baseball or not. I tweeted this earlier. I said, I'm, I'm going to miss saying, yo, Adrian, anytime I need to talk to him in the uh, clubhouse. Shout out to Rocky. But that's, that's how we're going to lay things out. That's what happened today. I'm fine with it. You, you checked off a big box with the backup catcher. You cleared some payroll, you added another prospect who's on the recovery mend, and maybe opened up room for Jackson Churio to make the team on opening day. I still see this as a pretty good deal. As opposed to, you know, cutting him in spring training and not getting anything out of it if it's Tyrone or Adrian. So, onward. Without Tyrone, who was the longest tenured brewer, over 12 years in the organization since he was drafted. Kind of wild to think about. Take a breather. We're going to come back with more. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Let's talk a little more pitching now. I'm Dominic Catronio. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom, D-O-M, underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O, Cotron-E-O. Let's uh, react to, again, Adrian Hauser not being in the rotation. I tweeted this, and it generated a lot of interaction from Brewers fans. And I just, you know, I, I, I'm confused on both sides. I have said since the start of November, as the Brewers went through the winter meetings, and now here we are at the end of the calendar year, they don't need to trade Corbin Burns. I don't get why everyone's dead set on the Brewers have to trade Corbin Burns. Why? Oh, because they get something back. They can make a trade. They can build for the future. There are guys. He's still one of the best pitchers in the National League. And I I read the column by Ken Rosenthal yesterday in the Athletic, talking about what he's hearing about Corbin Burns, and he implied that it's kind of a clash of thoughts, a, a clash of well, Mark Adonacio never wants to tank the owner of the Brewers, never wants to tank per se, never wants to rebuild. 
is worried about reaction to a trade of Corbin Burns after everything that went down with Josh Hader deal in 2022. Then there's the, the Matt Arnold perspective of saying, well, if I'm not allowed to trade a guy, how am I going to make the team better and be more sustainable in the future? I don't think it's quite dire like that. They're hand in hand. They work very well together. Some folks pointed out, well, you got to let the general manager do his job and you got to let the owner sign the checks and someone's got to pay for everybody. I get all of that. But I once again bring up the fact, and I'll talk more about the payroll in the next segment. The payroll's fine. They don't need to save money right now. They're still scheduled as the roster stands right now with arbitration projections and everything. They're still scheduled to save more money this year as opposed to last year. They're going to spend a lot less money as of now this year as opposed to last year. So I'm confused with this perennial, oh, trade Willie and trade Burns, get something back for them. You're still going to give the qualifying offer for sure to Corbin Burns. I'm not sure you're going to give the qualifying offer to Willie. I understand why people want to trade Willie. I don't think you have the replacement ready. I know Terang arrived in the big leagues last year, and he has a great glove. I need to see more from the bat before I'm going to give him shortstop. But I think he's going to be a good player, Terang is. One year in the big leagues does not set your career. Let's let the kid grow into position, learn under Willie again for another year or two. If they are going to compete as the roster stands right now, I still believe Corbin Burns is the best route to it. This rotation of Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Colin Ray is your four guaranteed at this point on December 20th. Now, if Corbin gets trade tomorrow, you know, flip the table. It is what it is. But I remind folks, that was the rotation mostly, minus Adrian Hauser, of course, that was the rotation that just won the Central. What? Yes, I'm dis. I'm not including Brennan. Brennan Woodruff pitched 11 games last year. They're going to miss him as a guy, as a presence. He pitched 11 games. There's 162. Corbin Burns hasn't missed a start since he had COVID in 2021. He has not missed a start. Freddie Peralta, super reliable since coming back from his shoulder issue in 2022. Colin Ray was the shock of the year. Am I saying he's a Cy Young candidate? No, but he gave the Brewers chances to win. And Wade Miley turned back the the, the clock. Again, you can be worried about his arm at his age. Totally fair critique. So that's where I say the five and the six. Robert Gasser, in my opinion, the fifth spot is his to lose. They got him because they needed upper-level pitching in the Josh Hader deal. They've allowed him to slowly acclimate in the system, pitching well in AAA last season. Last year, he had more than just over 11 strikeouts per nine, a 3.71 FIP, a 3.79 ERA, 135 innings, 166 strikeouts, and he's left-handed. He will be in the big leagues this year. I would like to see him as my five. Some folks pointed out Joe Ross. You're right. Signed him to a big league deal. He is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. He only got to appear in one inning stints coming back from the Giants last year. Let's make sure he's healthy in spring training. Okay? And the beauty of Gasser, he's optionable. He hasn't used an option yet. He's not even on the 40-man yet. And now with today's trade, you've got two spots available. So I'm fine with the rotation as it stands right now. I really am. This is the rotation that won the Central a year ago. And you're still going to get a 30-ish pick 
in return for Corbin Burns, if what the Brewers value out of that pick isn't better than what they're going to get in return, I don't know how much the Brewers are going to get in return for just one year of Corbin Burns. I just don't. You're going to look around here. I know the Tyler Glass now deal. Some people are pointing out to that with Ryan Pepio going over. That's a big league starter. Oh, look, Dom, they can get a big league starter. Sure. They also included Manny Margot in that. Like, are you going to include now? The Dodgers seemingly are out on this now. That would have been a natural fit, but are the Angels have something that you have? Have him go home, pitch for his hometown team. <sighs> Getting worked up about this. But the point I'm trying to make is in spring training, if Corbin Burns is still on the team in spring training, you got a few things to figure out. Is Aaron Ashby healthy? Is he going to be in the rotation? Is he going to be in the bullpen? Because he's signed. He's guaranteed through 2028 with two years of club options. If he's healthy, he's going to be pitching at the big league level. Number two, make sure all the bullpen is healthy. Heavy year for them a year ago. A few guys ran out of gas in the season. Make sure you get through spring training healthy with the current bullpen. And number three, are you going to get one more arm? You know, we had, we talked briefly about the Taylor Clark deal last week. Is that that extra arm, that break glass in case of emergency arm? That remains to be seen. So... I still see a route for the Brewers to keep Burns. I don't get why that's so shocking to some people. And then it's always going to be a criticism, oh, they didn't get enough for Corbin Burns when they traded him. You can't have it both ways. You can't be always looking to trade your stars and then complain that they never extend their stars. I don't get that. I love you guys. I don't get that. I would keep Corbin. Roll the dice. See what happens. I'm cool with it. Let me know how you feel. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. A couple of texts here. Sucks about Tyrone leaving. He had a Donald Driver-ish smile. Hope he crushes it in New York. He did. Always was smiling. I love that take as well. Tom from Pewaukee texting that as well. Okay with the trade. It makes sense. But if we're really going to hold on to Burns and Adamas, we need to invest the money we've cut this season into the 2024 club. Please, three year with an opt out for Hoskins. Ooh, let's talk about money. Leads me right to the next one. 855 616 1620, right here on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for joining us live here on WTMJ or in podcast form. Brewers All Access. Tell your friends, got plenty more in the hopper. Uh, coming up on Friday, got Games of the Year dropping as a podcast here on the feed as well. Won't be live on WTMJ, but. Something for your holiday travels over the weekend and to, to enjoy in the car, on the plane, whatever you so choose. Let's talk a little money now, shall we? After all this talk about Corbin Burns, should you trade him, should you not? Should you trade Willie, should you not? Uh, trading Tyrone and Adrian, saving $7 million. So here's the dollars and cents of what things look like right now for the Brewers. Including today's deal. Signing Haas. Now, we didn't see... A dollar value, I'll reiterate that. But we didn't see a dollar value. I don't think it's going to be super significant. It's going to be a rounding error in in this case. But I took off the projected arbitration salaries of Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor. Right now, the 26-man roster is due to make about $97 million. That's even after arbitration. Okay, Last year's 26-man roster made just shy of $119 million. Okay, so now that's including trades, that's including things that happen, so that number's going to go up. So a better look is the 40-man. Okay, the full 40-man competitive balance, this is what is actually compared to the rest of the league, your 40-man salary. As of now, after today's moves, 
Roughly 132 million are on the books for the 2024 season. This is all according to Cots contracts and Spotrack. Last year, it was 150 million. Whereas in 2022, it was the highest it's ever been in Brewers history, 154 million dollars. So they're spending money. I, I I don't get where this. I mean, two years ago, it was the highest opening day. Payroll in club history, over $130 million. Now, they've weaned off a little bit of that. A couple of trades. Uh, now, Brandon Woodruff being non-tendered. Roddy Telez being non-tendered. That's some of the, the savings there as well. But the, the the health of the payroll is strong. And in the last segment, talked about Tom's text here. Go get Reese Hoskins three years with an opt-out. I like that. I, I don't mind three years. Now, is he going to take three years and is the money in the dollars and cents? Carlos Santana has continued to be linked to the Brewers. I don't know if I buy it quite yet. I, I, I still want to wait and see. Now, first base, as it stands right now, is Jake Bowers and Owen Miller. I, I just don't see the Brewers rolling into the season with, with that as their only option at first base. And for folks who are saying Tyler Black, Tyler Black spent the 2023 season learning third base. He's an outfielder. He's learning third base. If they wanted him to play first, they would have already had him at first base. I think Tyler Black, in my opinion, he just got added to the 40. In my opinion, Tyler Black is your third baseman platooning with Andrew Monasterio. That's what I would do until the Monasterio, you know, Monasterio's a fun player, picks it well, bat-to-ball skills. Need to see, you know, a little more for my third baseman. Right, and if Tyler Black can prove he can hit lefties, gets the opportunity against lefties, we'll see what happens with Monasterio as more of a utility infielder. So that leaves some money for Santana. That leaves some money for Hoskins. A, a thought that I had today while prepping for the show: everyone's waiting on Cody Bellinger, and the report comes out that Cody Bellinger is asking for over two hundred million dollars. Look, he's a Gold Glover at two positions. He just had a heck of a Bounce back year. Now some people are going to be afraid. Okay, which Cody Bellinger am I going to get? The the 2020-2021 Dodger Cody Bellinger? Or am I going to get the 2018-2019-2023 Cody Bellinger? That That's why his market has stalled. I think this is the thought that I had. The thing that the Brewers, the thing that the Brewers can do is they can swoop in on the first base market and get somebody before the bidding gets higher. Right? If you go get Reese or if you go get Santana, because you have the funds to do it right now. You're okay. Beat the market to it before it gets way too expensive. Supply and demand, right? There aren't many big league first basemen available. So the demand goes higher, and well, the price is going to go up. But right now, you know, before Bellinger signs, you still got Santana. Telez just signed. You've still got Hoskins, who's got to prove it after an ACL tear. Got Brandon Belt still available, so I don't know if the Brewers want a left-handed hitter in that in that regard. But just a thought of mine that I had, like, hey, you can beat the market at first base on this before Cody Bellinger signs. And and to talk about the money and the savings, and that again, they're at ninety-seven million dollars for the twenty-six man, one hundred thirty-two million for the forty man, and that includes deferred payments on there as well. So they're about $18 million less than they were last year right now. Now, you still want to have a little bit of room for trades and things of that nature during the regular year. We're estimating that that budget's about $150 million. That's what we're estimating. So if you trade Burns and Adamas 
before the season starts, that's $27 million more in savings. So you'll drop down to $105 million on your 40-man. But again, you've already extended Churio. You've only got one more year of Burns, and that comes off the books. One more year of Adamus, and that comes off the books. Like, there's more savings on the horizon, right? 15 or so million to Corbin, 12 or so million to Adamus, depending on what they get in arbitration. That's off the books next year one way or another. So, uh, I again, I roll, like I said in the last segment, roll with the guys. They're your best chance to win right now. But if you want to say, no, let's pull back, let's replenish the farm system, let's make sure there's going to be a cast around Churio as he grows up, I get that. But I want to win now as well while you have Corbin Burns. I, I just do. You never know what can happen down the road. Let it ride. I, I say let it ride. Burns projected to make $15.1 million, according to MLB trade rumors, in arbitration. Adamus... 12.4, I rounded that down to 12 million, given all the strikeouts this season. So about $27 million available to save between those two guys. Will the Brewers do it? Will they not? Do they need to do it? No. We still got 99 days until opening day. Today, 99 days until opening day. Fired up, double digits. It's going to happen quickly. But no one else is going to be here quickly. 2024. But I'm going to look beyond that. We're going into the crystal ball three years in the future. What what do the Brewers need to do to make sure that they're going to be contenders in 2026, just like they hope to be in the very near future as well? We're going to look into the future. Stay with us, 855-616-1620, the Old National Bank talking text line, Old National Bank, get old, 855-616-1620. Stay with us, WTMJ. Welcome back. Dom Catronio here. Matt Sossler is our producer. Matt, you're on the spot. Would you trade Corbin Burns? Go. No. Okay, thank you. I paid him to say that. Just kidding. Would you trade Willie Adamas? Nope. Yeah, see? Exactly. Valley's not there. He's listening to me. You don't have to listen to me. You can disagree. I'm fine with that. Totally fine with that. Let's, uh, let's look ahead here. 2026. I know 2024 is about to start. But why 2026? Okay, teams talk about three-year plans a lot. Talk about, okay, how do you continue the sustainability? That's what brewers have been one of their buzzwords under Mark Atanasio. Sustainable success. Okay, I still think they're a contender. I said it on last week's show or two weeks ago. I said that the, the Central still runs through Milwaukee as the roster stands right now. That's to be decided. But the reason I picked 2026 is because that's when you would hope this last draft class is starting to make an impact, like an actual impact, not like making the debuts and things like that. You know, they're, everyone I've talked to in the Brewers organization, they're so excited about Mike Bovey and Brock Wilkin. They think these dudes can hit, okay? And with their track record of developing pitching talent and all the other arms that they've acquired the last couple of weeks, those guys should be arriving in. And, you know, making themselves known in the big leagues in 2026. I, I kind of look back to 2017 when you could see it starting to churn. Like, oh, yeah, I see it now. Like, you know, obviously they made the deal for Christian Yelich ahead of the 2018 season. Then it took off from there. 
But 2017, you could see the moves. You could see Stearns laying the groundwork. Now, I, I think Mark Canna trade, now today's trade, you know, some minor moves that we're going to look back on and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, like, like the Freddie Peralta trade. When they first acquired him, it was like, oh, yeah, and there's this 18-year-old in the deal, too. See if he pans out. Like that, that, that's the kind of stuff that's happening now that you may not feel like is worthy of grabbing headlines. But in 2026, you're going to be looking back like, whoa, how'd they pull that off? So that's why I think, again, going back to the Burns conversation, the Brewers dr- trust their draft process. They really do. Between developing pitching and the way that they're excited about their hitters in this last class that they were able to grab. So why not get that compensation pick for Corbin Burns? That's why they have so much confidence in that. That's why I think they are keeping Corbin, in my opinion. I could be wrong on that. But let's talk about what the roster will look like. Yelly will be 34 in 2026. He'll have three years left with a mutual option for 2029. So he's on the team. Okay, remember, Yelly's got a full no trade. He's got to approve any trade that happens. Freddie will be in his second and final club option. It's only worth $8 million. So he'll be 30 years old that season as well. Still very young, very affordable. And I saw a lot of discourse on Twitter. Trade Freddie. Just, you know, tear it down, start over. The whole point of signing Freddie to that team-friendly extension is to not trade him. I, 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 you got to keep Freddie. I, I, again, he's locked up. He is on, if the Brewers so choose, and if he's healthy, he is on the Brewers through the 2026 season. There's... No reason to trade Freddie Peralta right now, especially with the lack of talent at the upper levels. Yes, I know they got Mizorowski and Rodriguez, but pitching is fickle and things go wrong sometimes. Okay, so that. And then you got Ashby. He's still owed, he'll be owed $5.7 million that season, still with a couple of years left of control. Jackson Churio, obviously a brewer now for the next eight years guaranteed and maybe 10 years, uh, depending on the club options. He's only owed a little over $7 million that year. William Contreras, year two of arbitration. Now, this depends if he becomes a Super 2 next year. I think he will. The Then it could be year three of four in arbitration. This is when I think a lot of folks, you know, everyone talking about trade Devin Williams or trade, you know, somebody with control, an extra year of control like the Josh Hader deal two years ago. You're going to start feeling uncomfortable in 2026 because you would hope that Cairo has established himself as a big league catcher by that point because Cairo by then would be 24 years old. He just turned 21 in October. So you've got him on the way. You've got his replacement ready. Contreras will surely be getting more expensive in arbitration. So then people are going to be thinking, oh, you got to trade. You got to trade. Like, see, this is, see how exhausting this is? Always looking to trade in this three-year plan. Just letting you know, Contreras will be in year two of arbitration. Garrett Mitchell will only be in his first year of arbitration. Again, Churio is already locked up, so arbitration doesn't matter for him. Abner Uribe, Sal Freelich, Tyler Black, Brock Wilkin, Mike Bovey, if they arrive. Jacob Mizarowski, Rodriguez, Carlos Rodriguez. All of those guys will be pre-arb. That's this this three year plan that you form. What are you going to have ready to go in twenty twenty six? What is your team going to look like in twenty twenty six? 
power, speed, athleticism? Are you going to sign another extension to somebody, to another position player that you really like? Or do you need to see another prove-it year? Do you need to see a little bit more from one of these outfielders that you really like? Do you trade one of them? Do you sign Contreras to an extension during this time? You know, make sure you keep him even after the arbitration. And to get way ahead of ourselves, I know Pat Murphy hasn't even managed a game yet for the Brewers. Ricky Weeks is associate manager for a reason. Is Pat still managing the team? Or is Ricky Weeks taking over by then? Or is it somebody completely else? That's the crystal ball look. So I'm just I'm reminding you to think in chunks. I know people want to tear it down. And it seems like that works in the majors, right? The Rangers tore it down to the Suds. They win the World Series. The Diamondbacks tore it down to the Suds. They made it to the World Series. The Phillies tore it down to the Suds. They made it to the NLCS and lost to the Diamondbacks. Braves, different story. They kind of tore it down to the Suds, but now they've spent all the money. So that's a different story. Over in the American League side, Astros tore it down to the Suds, and they've become a dynasty in the American League side. Yankees have refused to tear it down to the Suds, and they've been stuck in neutral. But the Yankees should never be tearing it down to the Suds. They don't have to. They should never, but yet they're stuck in neutral. They can't figure out what they want. Now they've got nine outfielders, and they don't know what to do with them. Because they never want to lose. Right. And, and if the fact that they haven't signed Soto to an extension yet is wild to me. But I get it. They owe all that money to Judge and Stanton and to Cole, so I get it. But and every Yankee fan in America and around the world thinks they're entitled to Yamamoto. And they, every they, other are, free they agent are that's very strong chance of getting Yamamoto. He is enamored with Masahiro Tanaka, apparently. I think there's a chance, but it's more so the mentality in New York is everybody's going to want to play for the New York Yankees. And they, they think that they have a a red carpet to it, which they do, but as you know, that's not the case. If you can handle it, every player should want to play in New York. Truly. I just got back from a little weekend in New York. Oh, it's great. Oh, man, there's some juice in that city. No no disrespect to Milwaukee. I love you, Milwaukee. You're a different kind of juice. You're like, uh, I would say like Milwaukee's like orange juice, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like orange juice. Oh, yeah, good little breakfast, you know, good little breakfast beverage. Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, New York is like a quality brandy. Like, bam! <laughs> right in the kisser. That's just my little look ahead. Remember, all these deals that are happening now, you got to look to 2026. If we're doing a three-year plan here, okay? 24, 25, 26. The only guarantees are the guys that just listed. Yelly, Freddie will be in a club option. Ashby's guaranteed. Churio's guaranteed. Contreras will be in arbitration. Mitch will be in arbitration. And the rest of the freshmen will still be in year one of arbitration or pre-arb. So... That's just looking ahead. Uh, another text here from Tom. Hoping for Lucas Giolito as well. Is that too greedy? Yeah, I think he's probably going to want a multi-year deal, and I don't see the Brewers doing that. Uh, and Amazon buying RSN streaming rights. Maybe no more sketchy Reddit streaming. So with that, the Brewers are in a good spot with that because the Brewers, you know, the Diamond Sports owns the digital rights for the Brewers. Evan Drellick wrote a great piece on this on The, Arctic, on the Athletic about the fact that that could help the Brewers, the fact that Diamond already has the streaming rights, which makes their team, you know, that right more valuable if Amazon does buy Diamond, which means they can instantly start streaming on Amazon, which a lot of people have Amazon, obviously. So that I'm going to let that story develop before we get into more detail. I have efforted to get Evan out of the show. We'll do that come after the holiday season when all of this stuff in court starts to sell down. Uh, i got two quick segments left to go. Not much to talk about left, but let's talk about what I've got dropping tomorrow on WTMJ. After this, it's Brewers Weekly. Better. Let's have some fun tomorrow. This would be really, really cool to see everyone interact with. Mentioned it at the top of the show. Quiz dropping tomorrow. We're going to have some fun. Uh, if you're not familiar 
again, with Tyler Kepner's annual holiday baseball quiz. I've had Tyler on the show about this time last year, maybe like January last year, talking about his book, uh, the uh, the World Series book that he dropped this time last year. But he does it every year for the New York Times. I imagine he'll do the same this year for the Times slash The Athletic. I made a Brewers version, and that's going to drop tomorrow. And it'll be available. The guy's going to talk about it in the morning, I hope. And then I'll have it on my socials. It'll be on WTMJ.com as well. And I hope you have some fun with it because a little effort, a little love, 40 questions, and just comb through baseball reference if you really want to learn about what to expect. It's all over the place. Uh, I mean, casual fans, I hope you get 50%. Lifelong fans since 1970 when the Brewers arrived, you, you, might, you might get 75%. It's a mix of old and new. Okay, so the history of the Brewers... Some, it's all about the players. Uh, it's all about some awards, home runs, records, company. Th- I mean, it's. I actually sent it the draft to Tyler Kepner earlier today, having him take a look at it. He got a twenty-seven out of forty. So, what's your expectation for Bob Euchre? Oh, Bob would take it. Bob would. Bob would ace it. No, he wouldn't ace it. I mean, I, it, it's tough. It's it's really hard. I'm not. I just. I. The reason I did it is because I want people to have some fun with it. Like I said earlier, my dad and I do the, the New York Times version every year, and for the first time, I beat him last year. And the whole point of it is your knowledge. Like you're on Jeopardy, no help. Okay, don't be pulling up Baseball Reference on the side and trying to get the answers. No, it's all about what you know. So study tonight. Click around Baseball Reference Brewers franchise pages. See what you can learn. Some leaders, some war, some things like that. And. uh I'd love for you to share your scores to me and to 620 WTMJ on social media tomorrow. So really looking forward to it. It was a labor of love, and uh, maybe we'll make this an annual tradition. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow, WTMJ.com, and my social, at Dom underscore Catronio. All right, let's say goodbye after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. 30 seconds left in the program. Let me say thanks to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Uh, we're back next week on the normal night. Thursday night next week, we're pushed because of uh, Bucks tomorrow night. So I will talk to you one more time in 2023 next Thursday night at 8 p.m. Let's see what other news we will have to report. I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. Can't wait to hear from you all and see all your brewery swag that you got from Santa this year. My name is Dominic Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.